Welcome back to today's episode. Today I sat down with Dr. Doug Soldat from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Doug is a professor in soil science at Madison, and he and I have been um, acquaintances for a long time, friends I would even call it. Um, years ago, we both were speaking at an event in Denver. Doug spoke first, I spoke after him, and after the after I gave my talk, we almost ran into each other at the back of the room to say, you know, I think these talks really fit well together and, and we should think about doing something together in the future. That eventually turned into a seminar for the GCSAA conference and show um, on bentgrass management. And the way that we did this talk was to sort of set it up as a practitioner, superintendent, and we went back and forth a little bit. So I would talk about managing bent grass from the standpoint of a, a superintendent. Doug would talk about it from a standpoint of science. What does the research say? What kind of research has he done? What kind of research is he aware of? And then I would turn around as a superintendent and say, okay, this is what we're doing. So this is how it relates to your research. The seminar was really successful. Um, we did it for I think three years together, and it was it was really a lot of fun. So what I wanted to do today is to sit down with Doug and talk about um, something that he's he's passionate and doing some research on now, which is surface firmness. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Doug Soldat. I'm with Doug Soldat from the University of Wisconsin. Doug, very nice to have you. Glad, glad to be here, Chris. Um, wrapping up your school year, I would imagine. Yep, wrapping up the school year, getting getting projects done in the field. So fun time of year. Very nice. Um, so you and I have have uh, have known each other for a while. We've taught seminars together. Um, we did a seminar on bent grass at GCSAA um, conference and show for a few years, and um, we're actually looking at hopefully doing a, another um, seminar together, which would be on this subject that we're going to talk about today, which is surface firmness. Um, so. I think we'll just jump right in. Um, a few weeks ago at the Masters, I was with Micah Woods, and who you know well. And <laughs> yeah. uh, Micah and, and another superintendent and I were talking about surface firmness and talking about sand and um, particle size. And this superintendent made a comment that I thought was really interesting, which was he believes more grass is lost in the pursuit of firmness than just about anything else. And, um, you know, at first you hear that and you might think, yeah, could that be true? But then the the point he was making is that because of the way that um, putting greens have been built and the types of sands that have been used and used for top dressing, that in fir firmness is really gained by moisture or through through reduction of moisture. And so then in the pursuit of firmness, superintendents are pushing the moisture edge so much that they're losing grass because of that pursuit of firmness. So I just wonder, you know, what you think about that, how you think about it, or, you know, what your experience, because I know you're, you're doing some research or in the beginning stages of some research on firmness. So, yeah, no, that's a really good way to put it because, uh, after like the, the main thing that controls firmness is the sand particle size distribution, like the starting mix. And then once mm -hmm. you have that, sure, there, there are things you can do to modify the surface or firmness, but it, it gets progressively harder and the easiest way to modify the firmness of what of your your original mix is with moisture that's the thing that you know that's the number one property that you can move the needle on firmness with so if you if you have a root zone mix that's not very firm i i agree that you're you're 
going to want it to be firmer and the best way for you to do that is to dry it down. So um, I don't know about, you know, how much grass is lost in pursuit of it, mm-hmm. but I, I would, I certainly wouldn't argue that point because that's, that's how you're going to make the biggest change in, in firmness is by get, getting that moisture as low as you can. Yeah. It would, it would seem to me that maybe I've been doing this for, this is going to be my 17th year as a superintendent. And I would say, I mean, firmness has always been something I've desired to have and felt has been important to the game of golf. But I'm, it feels to me like in the last 10 years that more people who, who do what I do, more superintendents have recognized sort of the virtues of firm surfaces. It's not to say that people didn't before, but it seems like it's really become I don't know if mainstream is the right word, but it it really kind of gone that way in the last 10 years. And I don't know if, you know, your experiences at the university level, questions you get, commentary you get from, from people in the industry, if that is something you, you have heard, or do you feel like that's an accurate statement? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I think the reason I'm doing a project right now on firmness is because you hear more about it. There's more questions about it than, than I had. And you're 17 years as a superintendent. This is my 17th year as a, at the university of Wisconsin. So, um, certainly people have worried about it and manage it forever, but I think you're right that there's this, it's a pursuit. It's, we, we want to continue pushing boundaries and right now firmness seems to be one that's on a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, maybe talk a little bit about your study that you're doing right now. Um, what it involves, kind of how you're going about it. I know you're very early on, so data may be limited at this point, but um, it'd be, I think, interesting to hear about it. Yeah, we so we got one year under our belts. Um, USGA funded this project, so we're we're grateful uh, for for them for that. Um, basically, we have what I would consider a relatively unfirm research putting green. That was a starting point, and we are using different top dressing sand. So we have a finer top dressing sand than you would normally use. And then we have kind of the traditional sand that most people in Southern Wisconsin and around use. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, the thought there is, can, can switching sand sources be a strategy to, to get uh, firmer surfaces? So we're using those two sands. Then we're also applying those two sands in three three different ways, um, including like different amounts for the total year and then different frequencies, weekly mm-hmm. versus monthly, yeah. uh, to see how your top dressing decisions in terms of the material you use, how frequently you use, how much you put down for the year influences the um, uh, the firmness of the surface. Now, like you said, sure. we're only, we only have one year under our belts. We have some data. It's not that exciting to talk about because I think making changes to the surface that result in differences in firmness takes more than a year. Yeah. So we have funding for three years. We're probably going to do it for six. Okay. Uh, if we can. Um, but you know, the, the principles here are top dressing affects your organic matter mm-hmm. accumulation. That certainly affects firmness. The different sand sizes are affecting soil moisture that affects firmness. Um, they're the sand particle size themselves. Just the fact that they have a different, coefficient of uniformity is the $5 word for that, but we're changing that. So uh, hopefully the goal here is to to learn how different factors influence surface firmness and give people information about choices that they can make to achieve their their goals faster. 
Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And you and I have talked a little bit about this. And and one of the reasons I wanted to have you come at the one of the reasons for this this whole reason I've started doing this podcast is I I have friendships and relationships with people like yourself um, that I think I'm I'm fortunate to have. Um, and I I think those are I want to be able to share those conversations with other people, which is you know very much like our seminar that we've taught is a is a big part of that. But um you know, not everybody at every facility has such um, great access to the academic world. And I, I feel like that's an advantage I have. So I want to share that with people. But um, you know, I have sort of felt my own sort of experience with with top dressing and firmness over the last few years, which we've talked about is, is that I've, I've really changed to a once a year top dressing. And largely, that's because I want to minimize the amount of disruption I'm, I'm, I'm may, you know, the amount of times I'm disrupting the surface for our golfers. But what I have noticed in doing that is I feel like we put a whole bunch of sand on to start the year. And initially at the beginning of the year, I wouldn't say our surfaces are soft. I'm starting to, I have a firmness, um, a, a data collection process that I do, which once a week I go out and I take the, the, the moisture content. And then right on top of that spot, I do a Clegg hammer, um, which uh, with a Clegg hammer that you've been very kind to loan me. And, um, and I, so, so I correlate those two together. I do it once a week on the same three greens every time and in the same nine spots every time. And I did it, um, before we had done anything to the surfaces and they were softer. And then immediately, as soon as we started to mow and roll, they started to get firmer. And now I will generally see as the season goes on, the firmness will generally go up, but will dip and 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 peak and trough with moisture content, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's also sort of a, it's like the stock market, like there's peaks and troughs, but it will sort of inherently get, get firmer as the year goes on. Right. And part of my belief is that as that the plants grow and the organic matter and the plant material start to become sort of a matrix with that sand, that that gets to be quite firm as opposed to sand that keeps getting built up on top, which can maybe remain softer. And so I, I know that's kind of, I think what you're you're looking at in your study is, you know, what's the best way to top dress as well? And does that have an impact on firmness? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it. And I, you know, I think you're right. One of the things when we have people come to our research facility and it doesn't matter how we treat our greens, but the common is always like, you just don't have the firmness that we mm-hmm. see, and our, so our research greens don't get the traffic, and yeah. we don't we don't roll them. Um, maybe we should, but, but I I do think that there is that that compaction factor that plays a role in that increasing firmness. It's 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 uh, you know, and like you said, the roots. So the the way it was described to me was that the roots are like rebar. So if you have if you just you know walk on a USGA green with no no grass on it you're going to be yeah. kicking sand Shifting it's not, all over the place it's not right? firm at all right so right. there's that component of like how strong are your roots what's your rooting mm-hmm. like and if you have weak rooting uh your your soil strength goes down your firmness drops off as well so there's the that biological factor that's also also plays a big role um you mentioned the clegg hammer so this uh this is another component of the study is we are looking at all the different ways that you can measure firmness. And so the Clegg hammer that you have is, is, is the kind of the standard way that athletic fields measure firmness, like the mm-hmm. NFL and, and FIFA. 
Um, but it's also, I think you found it quite useful for your greens. Mm -hmm. There's also a smaller version of that. That's a smaller weight. Uh, it's also made by, by Clegg, um, that we're trying out. We're using the PGA tours method where they take a ball bearing from six feet and they yep. drop that. And then they, they just measure the depression that that steel ball made, um, spectrum, makes a what they call a true firm which is different than the usga's mm -hmm. official true firm that that very few people have access to so um one of the cool findings was that we measured we took those four different devices that i just described and they didn't match up with each other very well mm -hmm. <laughs> so they they seem to be like measuring different aspects of firmness right so yeah. a lighter drop is going to measure surface firmness more on the surface the heavier drop the one that you have mm -hmm. is maybe maybe averaging the firmness over a, a thicker spot. So, sure. I mean, that's going it, to, it's going to take some research to figure out what do we actually want to measure? What's the best yep. device for measuring firmness? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it, it, I suppose if you think about it, you know, for golf, what is, what's important, you know, is two inches down important? Probably not. Is a half an inch important? I mean, if you think about the average ball mark, yeah. Um, you know, I suppose that's kind of an indicator of, you know, what part of the green is, is important or what part of the surface is important from a inherent firmness of, of golf, um, or towards golf. Um, I, I can tell you one of the, the greens that I measure every, every week is our small putting green, which sits right outside our locker room. And initially, um, when they built that green, Brian Horgan was involved, who's a, a friend of both of ours. And Brian was involved in the in some consulting here when they were talking about it. And they were concerned that people were going to come out of the locker rooms and they were going to create a lot of traffic and there was going to be issues with POA. And it turned out that that's not really the way that the members use it. They they come out of the locker room and they come from the golf shop. So the corner that's by the golf shop gets the most amount of traffic. That's where people come. They set their bags down. The caddies are there. They go on to the green right there. Almost everybody walks over that, that corner of the green. And when I do my firmness, it's always firmer on that side of the green, much firmer and much firmer in that corner versus the right-hand corner on that end of the green. But the right-hand corner is much firmer than the far left-hand corner, which is where nobody walks onto it. So there's there's absolutely, I've talked with Darren Bavard about this from the USGA, and he said the, the number one factor is moisture, which we mentioned earlier, but there's absolutely some amount of traffic is a, yeah. is a factor one way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, when we built our greens, they have a, a crush component to the sand. It's 25% of it was crushed. So it's angular and trying to get that sort of, you know, uh, com almost compactability to a uh, to the mix, which, which I think has helped. So, yep. Yeah. The angularity of the sand makes a difference. The, uh, the particle size distribution makes a difference. And mm. so, you know, USGA has a fair, you know, there's a fairly wide range of sands that would fit underneath the USGA's umbrella of their recommendations. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's one of the misconceptions is like, oh, it's USGA spec sand or USGA rec meets USGA recommendations. There's a lot of variability under that, under that window. Um, and so you can end up with, you follow one system, but because your, your properties are unique, your sand size and angularity are unique, mm -hmm. you can have wildly different firmness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been on lots of different golf courses, all with greens that were built to USGA recommendations, and you have tremendous variability in, in firmness. Um, the, I've been, you know, 
pro- the you can build a, you can build putting green that's too firm, I believe. Yep. Yep. Uh, by by picking sands that have really wide distribution, a very angular sand, and packing them down, and then your problem would be we these things are too firm, and mm-hmm. you want to pound moisture to them to get them to to the zone you want them. So I do think that there is there's more room for fine tuning root zone specifications to meet modern goals, you know, and I think that's where USG is good at updating the recommendations and taking things into consideration. And I think, um, you know, the more we start to learn about optimum firmness, the, the more information and, and the kind of uh, specifics on what your sand particle size distribution should be, I think we'll start to see more and more of that. Sure. Okay, so I have two questions I'm going to ask. So we're talking about, you know, root zones. And if you're, you know, uh, specking a root zone for which would obviously be more so like a new, new build, but obviously there's a, not everybody's going to build a new green. And there are lots of greens out there that are existing and they're, they're quite good, but maybe the superintendent says, Hey, I really would like my greens to be firmer. Um, I know in this area, um, for many years, a lot of uh, superintendents used Uniman sand, you know, a, a white, um, like, little ball bearings, same particle, every particle was the same size. And uh, I, I think there is a lot of inherent instability that came into those greens from using that sand over the years for both top dressing and for airifying. So if somebody called you up and said, Hey, you know, Doug, I've, I've got this green, the firmness is not where I want it. And I, I need a recommendation on what I would do. Well, you know, what the, my best practice I can put into place to, to firm my green up what right now, Aside from maybe, you know, what you expect might come in for data in six years, what what would you recommend right now? How would you recommend that somebody go about doing that? Yeah, so it's it's the the things that we talked about already would be some of the first things you say is like moisture management matters. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we we've seen is that the you know the amount of organic matter. So your top dressing practices influences your your moisture content. So you know, get the moisture management as, as good as you can get it. Um, rolling, uh, the traffic and the compaction, that's absolutely it's something we've seen. So is there a way for you to get more rolling in to, to add that compaction factor? And then I think we get into the territory where I'm not really comfortable with. Uh, there's a lot of speculation. It is why we're doing the research project, but switching to a top dressing sand that has a higher a coefficient of uniformity, possibly mm-hmm. more angular particles. And, you know, the question is, it's always scary when you start to layer sand, right? Um, but, you know, I've I've worked with superintendents and superintendents are actually the place that, that where the research starts from these conversations. So Jerry Kershaski at, uh, at Westmore and then at University Ridge in Wisconsin, just a, a legendary Wisconsin superintendent, Mm-hmm. Um, would, had a firmness issue, one of his places, and his thought was to inject a sand that you couldn't top dress on your greens because it has too wide of a grade, too many large particles, yep. too many small particles, but he would uh, either inject or drill and fill these columns of this mm-hmm. of this firmer sand, you know, at inch and a half or two inch spacings. And the idea would be that would be like vertical rebar that's, that's in yep. there to s- solidify the root zone. Um, I mean, so that could be a strategy, and that's a way that you can use a uh, a firmer sand without worrying about the, 
you know, to have a, a higher coefficient of uniformity, you need bigger particles and you need small, smaller particles. And people don't like the top just at those materials because, yep. you know, you, you, they don't work their well, way into the canopy very well. So um, I think we don't have a ton of research on that. Jim Murphy at Rutgers is doing a lot of work on firmness. We're uh, getting our toes wet, but we don't have like this fact sheet that I can just send you and be like, find the sand that looks like this and follow this application schedule and inject it like this in the spring and the fall. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be firm in two years or something. But, you know, I think that's what we're working towards, but um, you know, I, I, I wish, I wish I could answer that question better for you, Chris, but that's my, that's the best I can do now. Well, if you think, I mean, if a person thinks about it, just uh, you know, you think about it like a three quarter minus road base is very firm and, you know, obviously we're not going to build a green with that, but one can understand how, you know, there you have from three quarters down to dust basically, and look at how firm that gets. So it, it, it becomes easy to imagine how, when you spread that, that uniformity out, um, you, you start to get to the point where you can have something that's, that's quite firm. One of the advantages that we've found, um, from this, this once a year top dressing is that, I will top dress with the USGA construction spec sand as opposed to something smaller, um, you know, sieved smaller. So I've got bigger pieces in there, angular pieces in there, um, and then down to a smaller piece. It's basically the, the spec of sand that the greens were built with. And because we're not worrying about when we put it down, we're not worried about mowing. We just put it down. We let the, we let it work itself in over the winter. We'll let the grass grow up through it in the spring. Um, yeah. we can put that down and, and not have to worry about, you know, how does this impact the golfer, the ball roll, um, that sort of thing. And, you know, to me, that's somewhere along the line, we, we started to think, well, we got a top dress every week or every month or, or whatever it was. And because we were doing that, we wanted sand that the golfers couldn't tell we were putting down, but then, you know, sort of, I would call it, I guess, unintended consequences are now we've got this finer sand that um maybe is just not there's there's not that you don't have that coefficient of uniformity you're getting down to a very like the unum and sand that i mentioned earlier yeah. but you know on the other hand like i've i've been to places that have used the unum and sand and they don't have it it's not the only factor because i've been on firm surfaces that have top dressed with uniman for sure. decades you know yeah and so there is like there is this kind of like scratch your head thing that it's mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to be always the way you think it is you know if i could say one thing is like start measuring firmness you know yeah. and and because i hear a lot of things uh, about like how you know bent grass greens get soft in august um I've heard that a lot from different mm -hmm. people and it's like, well, what are your firmness readings? Oh, we don't take it. I could just tell by walking on it, Yep. which I don't deny that. But yep. um, if you can get your hands on a firmness device, take the measurements and you, you see with a different set of eyes when you start to, when you start to collect those measurements. And like you said, it, you do it once a week on how many spots did you say? Nine. So it would be nine per green and three nine different green. greens. So 27 three. spots. Yeah. And that, what's that half hour a week? Yeah. About that. It's my Monday morning activity. So I load it up in my cart. I go up and I do these three greens and I don't worry about whether I do it after rolling or after mowing because I'm doing it every week. So it's, you know, it's getting all this rolling and mowing. It's, I don't really worry about whether on that particular day it's gotten 
those treatments. So I just go and do it. And I would say, yeah, it's half an hour. And then I put it in the spreadsheet and, you know, the whole process is beginning to end is an hour or less. And yeah, um, it's, it's really, um, I, I've sh- shared the data with you and it's, I don't know that I look at it and think that I'm making a decision based on it, but what I'm doing is I'm saying, okay, what, what we're doing is okay because I'm not losing firmness. Am I getting a little bit firmer as the season goes on? I think that I am. That's what that, that data has showed. Um, but also, you know, our firmness, I, I guess I like to refer to it as sort of inherent firmness because it's, it's there, whether or not it's more, it's, you know, it's, the greens are wet or dry, um, is pretty good. Of course, they're firmer when they're dry, they're softer when they're wet, but it's not, I'm not seeing this huge, ridiculous, yeah. um, change. It's, it's staying pretty consistent, um, and bouncing back pretty quickly, you know, after x amount of days after a rainfall so um i one so so two questions that you sparked in your comment so you talked about the greens that have topped us with the uniman sand for for a long time but are really firm any anything particular that you can pick out on some of those that they were doing or a way that they were coming up with that firmness that was that stuck out to you or no i think to you i guess no i mean the so, so all greens are different. I like the way you said the inherent firmness. That's going to mm-hmm. govern it. So, the this system was a it was a sand capped. It was a push up green top dress for many many years and many many of those years with a uniman sand, mm-hmm. and they're mostly annual bluegrass, which likely makes a difference as well. The grass species that you have, um, the the health of the rooting. So I think there's that that biological factor as well as the you know, maybe with the those push-up greens, there is some migration of the finer silts sure. and clays that get up and 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 integrate with that uniman, even though you don't notice it when you look. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I think that could have something to do with it. You know, an another aspect of measuring firmness is I'm sure people get comments and you too of like, oh, the greens are really soft from from mm-hmm. golfers or somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's just a way to have the data and say like, okay, you know, thanks for your feedback. Or when people complain about green speeds and you know what the green speeds are. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, well, we have data to, to talk about that. Let's take a look and see, you said they're, they're soft. Actually they were firmer this week than they were last month when you were bragging about. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what, there's there's a lot of different factors, and I think the inherent firmness is a, is a big one, uh, and that's unfortunate if for people that are unhappy with it because it means it's probably harder to change than you think. Sure. So let me let me we've talked about we concentrated on sand, but what about is there anything else? You know, if you're gonna again now we're kind of getting into the realm of like recommending a root zone for a new green, but is there any anything else? So you think about what that mixture is, um, you know, and. I, I guess, you know, soil would come to mind, but as you recommend a green spec, can you imagine, think about, would you recommend anything else added to the mix besides sand that you're going to, you know, that's, that's going to help with that. For instance, I had, I had heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but I was speaking with a colleague here in town who's going to go through a renovation. Um, and he was talking about Bob Becker at Scioto, Scioto, I believe, I'm, I'm uh, you know, 
apologies if I'm getting this wrong, but maybe he had some soil in his greens mix, even on a USGA green, um, to generate a little bit of firmness. And, you know, whether that's true or not, I'm just curious, you know, thoughts on that or, you know, how other additions to the the mix might play a part. Yeah, it's it's scary to start recommending like deviations. I'm, I'm not asking to, yeah. to you to make a recommendation. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to say this, and I've said this for years. I think the USGA specifications are too coarse. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're they um they prioritize drainage over moisture holding and perhaps firmness. And I think if we had the ability to have more fines in in the USGA root zones, and you can see this in Jim Murphy's work from you know uh, two decades ago, where he he looked at USGA recommendation putting greens versus some built with coarser sand, some built with finer sand. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot wrong when when you're out of spec towards the finer range, turf quality in that study was significantly better because mm-hmm. of the moisture holding capacity you get. Mm-hmm. And so that way, and and to get when you, I'm not saying take take the coarse particles out. I'm just saying allow more fines. Sure. And what that gives you is more moisture holding capacity, and it also will give you a greater coefficient of uniformity, which means more firmness. So now you're looking at a system that you don't have to push moisture down to get the firmness because mm-hmm. your greens have a higher moisture holding capacity already. Sure. So, I mean, I, and again, it's real easy to be kind of an armchair, uh, you know, root zone recommender and talk in, yep. in theory about this, but you know, that's, that's my, it's, it's a lot harder than that. And I'm sure there's other issues. And if there was some, uh, somebody from USGA spec, committee on here they'd push back on some of what i'm saying but i've always thought that they don't allow or they're too restrictive on the fines increase the allowable silt increase the allowable clay increase the allowable very fine sand and i think we would have firmer surfaces with better quality because of the moisture holding capacity well it's interesting to me that i think there's a little bit of a a, an obsession with um perk rate or um infiltration um you know in in maybe in the building of the constructing of the recommending of specs but then also once the grass gets on top and and recommending things to do to your greens in order to keep uh, infiltration rate at a certain rate i mean obviously i think this is this is my opinion as a superintendent you want you obviously want to have some good infiltration rate because but you know, I I want to think about okay, what what is the amount of rain that people are going to actually play golf in, and you know, to have over an inch an hour or two inches an hour. I mean, nobody's going to be playing golf when it's raining like that. Yeah. So, you know, it's I'm not so, territory there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not so concerned about the amount of. I mean, we saw it at Augusta this year um, on TV. We could see that. Um, you know, it was raining and I was there, it was raining pretty hard, but we could see like, ultimately the reason they stopped play on Saturday was because there was, there was, um, you know, water puddling on the surface. And that's not because those greens can't drain that water. It's just because the conditioning and such and sealing, if you want to call it that is, is, is such that you're not getting that, that huge infiltration rate. But I think that they would take that trade for the surface firmness and all the other things they're getting out of it every time. Um, so so I wonder if there isn't a little bit more of, you know, a little bit too much obsession with, with, you know, infiltration rate and that kind of thing. And, 
I think to what you're saying is in the spec, and again, I know you're not recommending this, but in the spec, maybe that could be something that could be allowed. It might slow down that that infiltration rate, but it might provide a better a better surface ultimately. It's it's interesting to think about. Yeah. So yeah, and the 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 performance um specification or the recommendation is for I forget like greater than six inches per hour initially. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you grow a plant in that, that mm -hmm. decreases and you know most greens that are built with the sand that meets the spec, they they're about an inch or two inches per hour, you know, once they kind of stabilize. But right. like you said, yeah, I agree with you. If if it's raining that hard, you're not gonna have golfers out there anyway. The limiting the limiting factor will probably be ponding and flooding in your fairways and other areas that, right. that you can't have carts out there. And the greens are going to be perfectly fine and and ready for play, you know, well before the other areas are. So I think I think you're right. We should be sacrificing a little bit of perk rate and infiltration for maybe better moisture holding capacity and and increased firmness. Sure. Okay. I have one last question. We got about five minutes left. I don't know if this is a five minute question, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shoehorn you into that. Uh -oh. If you were, and I won't hold this, I won't hold you to this, but if you were going to recommend somebody came to you said, all right, Doug, I want to build a course. I mean, I can, I can do it any way I want and I need to build a green. Like what would you, how would you tell them to build that green? I, I always have in my mind how I would want to do it, but I'm curious your thoughts of, you know, how you would build what you think would be the the best, the most ideal green, how you do it. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, <laughs> in terms of root zone selection. I think root zone selection, but, but I'm, I'm talking anything like, you know, the drainage, how you would do it again, this is a, we have, my timer says four forty-five, So we may not have that much time left, but. Oh yeah. That's a beauty. Um, I don't know. So, you know, I'm a researcher. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a ton of, and a lot of things is like, well, I've never studied that before, you know? Yep. Right. So yeah. We know all these things make a difference. It's going to sound like a repeat of what I said. I like the, I like the gravel layer for mm -hmm. many cases, but it's all, it's all site specific, right? Mm -hmm. So there are uh, the Sand Valley courses that are built in the Central Sands of Wisconsin. Why would you modify? You know, use the sand that you have, and it's much finer, and those surfaces are super super firm. Yep. Um, and so you kind of look at, okay, what's the landscape like? What materials do I have access to? Um, and you do the, you make the best decisions with what you have. So generally I like the gravel layer, uh, because, you know, Ed McCoy's work at, at Ohio state shows that that gives you more uniform soil moisture at the surface. But the caveat there is because we need that uniformity because it's so coarse that you get you have problems with dry spots. Mm -hmm. um, if we if we engineered a root zone to hold more moisture and have a firmer surface, that might become less of an issue. So there's there's absolutely more work that needs to be done. Um, but that said, if I'm going to build a green right now, it's going to have a gravel layer on it. It's yep. going to be variable depth. And yep. I know practitioners don't like this because they, they say it's hard to execute, but my high spots are going to be shallower. They're going to be eight inches of mix. And my deep spots are going to be, or my low spots on the green are going to be 16 inches of mix. So all the decisions I'm making are geared towards surface moisture uniformity. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I've already 
showed my hand that I like the finer materials in there uh, for firmness, more coefficient of uniformity. Um, but that's it. Basically, uh, USGA gravel layer, variable depth system uh, with finer, finer root zone materials. A couple minutes left. I want to hear you, how you do it. I have I have two ways. And so this is kind of like taking both sides, but I would I would build, I think if I had if I could do it anyway, I would build a green with like uh XGD style um slit drainage every six feet. And I would build a cavity and I would have 12. I would have to figure out what the depth would be, but I would have like a dirty mixture straight to that that um that um to state straight to that drainage. And then the moisture holding would be through you know, some kind of soil, um, that would be part of the mixture. I think what I like about that and having worked with a gravel layer over the last number of years is that I, I want, this is my personal opinion as a superintendent is that basically once the moisture, I want it just all to start draining. I want the gravity to just take that moisture away from the surface and I'm okay topping it back up or I'm okay having something in that soil, that root zone that's holding onto some moisture, but I, I want it to just I don't want that gravel layer there keeping the moisture from, you know, just gravity draining down, down through the bottom. Um, and th so that would be my, I think one way that I would think about doing it. The other thing I think I would do, and I know this because we have put some XGD on top of the gravel layer in low spots on our greens at Hazeltine is if I was going to put a gravel layer, I would put drainage over the top of the gravel. And then I would put the mix on top of that. Um, I think what it does is it provides a, a, a way for the water that is draining into those low spots to um, sort of drain out of the root zone without having to deal with the perched water table. That's probably an unscientific way of saying that, but um, that's the way I think about it. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. You know, I, lo I love these talks when it's you're the scientist and a practitioner like myself, and we've, we've done this seminar at, at, um, at the golf show many times and it's always really popular with the people. So, um, it, with, with, with attendees. So I, I want to thank you for your time, Doug. And I, I look forward to, um, I'm, I'm, we have many topics I'm sure we could do this on again. So I, I look forward to the next time. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Chris. This has been fun. All right. Take care. See ya. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Doug. It was, it was a lot of fun to talk about those things with him and, um, explore different ideas about, putting surface firmness. Um, Doug's got a real good feel for soils. And um, it was just, I think this is a topic that is very relevant to today. Um, as we talked about during the um, discussion in the last 10 years, I think surface firmness, especially putting green surface, putting green surface firmness has become more important to the golf course superintendent. Um, and, and it was really enjoyable to get to talk about it. So Doug is a very knowledgeable guy, and um, I really enjoyed that. I hope you did as well. Um, I look forward to more of these talks and, and bringing you another um, scientist to this space again to have another scientist practitioner discussion. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you again soon.